This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, Jordan DeFigio. And it is a pleasure to be hanging out with all of you today on this very cold, very snowy day in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. A friendly reminder to go check out our sponsor, tseshop.com, Total Sports Enterprises. You can save up to 45% storewide on their online shop. It's incredible for all different types of Pittsburgh sports memorabilia. Seriously, if you are looking for a way to upgrade your space, kind of like my wall back here. I have a Joe Hayden mini signed helmet that I got from TSE. They are excellent. Highly recommend. Go check them out because they are amazing. It's just me today and I'm going to keep it short, going to keep it sweet, but talk all about the things that matter to the Steelers. So biggest news in the last week or so for the Steelers is that center Marquise Pouncey retired after 11 seasons in the league. He was a huge piece of their offensive line. And though he struggled in this past season and this season before, he was really integral and they built that line around him. He was selected by the Steelers in the first round of the 2010 NFL draft. And he was the 18th overall pick, which is not typical for centers to go that high, but he was worth it because of not only his talent and his level of ability, but the the type of chemistry that he developed with Ben, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But he was an excellent teammate, an excellent leader, and he is going to be greatly missed and we we just want to congratulate him on an amazing career he made the pro bowl i can't remember how many times but he was all pro selection he was an excellent player and filling his shoes is going to be kind of kind of a hard task but but the silver lining is that he was set to make $14.475 million this season in the final year of his contract. So instead of that, he's going to count as $6.475 million worth of dead money against the team's salary cap, but $8 million of that will come off the books. So it's going to save the Steelers a good amount of cap space, even though they're going to have to figure out how to deal with the loss of him on the offensive line. It is what it is, but with the Steelers struggling for cap space anyway, it is something that helps in the grand scheme of things. So that that's a pro it, it is. And we'll talk a little bit about the cap 
in a bit too. But first, I want to I want to talk about some options for the Steelers because they're going to have to fill that center position. Uh, J.C. Hasenauer is just not it. He's not the guy, and he filled in for Pouncey for I think four games this season when Pouncey was on the COVID list, and it was evident that he's not the solution. He and he's the only player on the team with center experience at this point. So. What I did is I looked into some options for the Steelers, and according to Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, here is a handful of names that we should be watching for, for the Steelers to potentially keep an eye on, whether it's in the draft or in free agency for them to sign, because remember, they do not have a ton of cap space to work with, so free agents are going to be hard to come by in terms of the center market. And you keep just taking a risk when you draft. But here are the guys in the draft that could potentially fall to the Steelers at some point and might be a good fit. Landon Dickerson of Alabama is a first-team All-American center, and he's one of the top in the draft. But the issue with him is that he has a long list of injuries. He's had quite quite a history with injuries and that could potentially affect where he falls in the draft. He has already had two major knee surgeries, which is a lot for a guy who's in college. And you just don't know if that's a guy who you'd be willing to take a chance on in the draft. And his most recent knee surgery was December. He has sustained an injury in the SEC championship game, and December was only a couple months ago. So as good as he is, not sure the Steelers want to stake any kind of draft capital on him if it comes down to that. Uh, it, it, you, just, you just never know. He's a huge guy, though. He is 6'6 and 325 pounds. He is really solid in the run game, which, as we know, the Steelers struggled with this season. And having a guy to lead that line who is really good at blocking for the run is something that they're going to have to be mindful of regardless. Uh, he is also a really good pass protector. And that's something else that they have to be mindful of because regardless of who is under center, they really need to up their protection of the quarterback because that was another issue that they had all season long. Ben was having to make these really quick passes. Most of them towards the end of the season were very ill-advised and it was unfortunate. But having a guy who is really good at both of those things is going to be key. It's just a matter of, do you want to risk it on a guy who has already had two knee surgeries? But another benefit to potentially going Dickerson is that he has some serious position versatility because he played not only guard, but also tackle in addition to center. So that, that type of versatility is huge and NFL teams are really looking for that 
if it weren't for the injuries, it would be a lot easier to, to put all of your chips in that guy, but you, you just don't know. Uh, there are a lot of draft analysts who are saying that he might fall to the end of the first round, but more, more likely he's going to go second or third. And if that's the case for the Steelers, that could be, that could be pretty solid for, for them if, if they're willing to take that kind of a chance on, on that guy. Another possible option is Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma. He was a three-year starter with them and a two-time All-American for the Sooners. And he was also named a second-team All-American in 2019 and a third-team All-American in 2020. He's another big guy, 6'5", 320 pounds. These dudes are huge. They're absolute units. And he would also really help bolster the run game and protect the pass. He didn't allow a single sack last season. He's not the greatest athlete per se in terms of speed, but his wrestling background, I guess, is pretty evident in the way he plays. And he can hold his own against defensive linemen, which is something that we need because our division we're playing some really solid defenses in the Ravens and even in the Cleveland Browns now with a team led by Miles Garrett there. It's going to be a, a long season with that extra game as well. It's they're, they're going to need that protection up front on the line. Another guy to pay attention to is Josh Myers out of Ohio state. He started for them for two years. He's six, five, 312 pounds. Again, huge dude. He is more along the lines of a run blocker because he was an anchor for the Ohio State offensive line. They averaged 257 rushing yards per game. 257 compared to what the Steelers were averaging, which I'm pretty sure was under 100 yards, which is its own thing. But he is a super gritty guy, and he could potentially fall to the Steelers in round two or round three. But this all depends on what the Steelers draft strategy is going to be. And that largely falls on whether or not Ben Roethlisberger returns to the lineup next year, which has yet to be determined. Some veteran names that have come up because Corey Lindsley is, he's going to be the, the most coveted center in free agency, but based on the Steelers cap, situation it's probably not going to happen that way David Andrews from New England is Tom Brady's old center and he has 69 starts on his resume since he came into the league undrafted in 2015 he's going to be 29 this year but he does have that stability and he's played with Tom Brady so he knows what it's like to win and that is probably going to be a major factor in who the Steelers decide to go with because they've made it pretty clear that this is not a situation where they're trying to rebuild or retool. They're just, they're trying to put the pieces in place so that they can make an actual legitimate run at the Super Bowl, which they thought they had a chance to do this year. But for 
a number of different reasons. Injuries, you watched it, you know. We don't need to rehash it because it's just a little bit too painful. But they they still feel like they're in a good spot. So to, in order to get them to a place where they can compete for real, they're going to have to to take care of those question marks. And having a guy who is a proven winner with Tom Brady come on, in, onto the offensive line would it would be appealing. But he has also had his own fair share of health issues. He's he missed a lot of the 2019 season because of blood clots in his lungs. So that is ooh, not good for him, first of all. And that wouldn't necessarily be a huge appealing thing if if a team is looking into signing him. He also missed four games last season with a thumb injury. So it's all stuff to consider, especially if if you're trying to put together a contender this year. But he could be cheap. He he could come out and prove to be a really solid piece of the offensive line. We will see. Another name to watch is Austin Ryder from Kansas City because he, again, has postseason experience. And he started the last two Super Bowls. So that's not too bad. Um, Not too bad. And, you know, playing with Patrick Mahomes, probably, probably a high selling point, too. He started 33 games and was picked in the seventh round of the 2015 draft. He played as a reserve in Cleveland for a couple years before he became a full-time starter with the Chiefs, and he's done pretty well for himself. He's 29, so again, kind of on the older side, when you consider the fact that Marquise Pouncey just retired and he's in his early 30s. So things to consider, but you don't have to sign into a long-term contract. All of this is dependent on the Steelers cap situation. So, which is a mess. Another name to watch is Ted Karras from Miami. He played as a backup in New England for a few years before he became the starter in 2019 when Andrews was out with injury, actually. He moved to Miami last season and started all 16 games. And he's just another reliable guy. All names to watch. None of these have been closely linked to the Steelers. It's just a matter of figuring out. It's Their cap situation right now is like a puzzle. It's a very messed up puzzle that there are very particular pieces that will fit into place. And it will be interesting to see how they move forward with the line. And like I mentioned, all of this hinges on whether or not Ben comes back. Because if Ben does return, then you figure with Dwayne Haskins as the potential backup for this coming season, they there's really no immediate need for the Steelers to address the quarterback position in the draft. So they can really focus all of their attention on fixing and strengthening the offensive line, as well as potentially drafting a running back. But that's assuming Ben is going to come back. And I don't necessarily think Pouncey's retirement is going to affect Ben's decision 
on whether or not he's going to return this coming season. But it does seem to have affected the timeline of when he would meet with the Steelers to discuss his upcoming contract. I'm not saying that they're connected, but it is interesting that they were supposed to enter, they were supposed to have a meeting last week, Ben and the Steelers, to talk about his upcoming season, whether or not he was returning, restructuring his contract, making it possible for him to come back. That was supposed to happen last week. And then Pouncey retired. And the end of the week came and went. And Ben still has yet to meet with the team to talk about that. And even within the last 24 hours, Ben has come out and said that he's, he feels like he's still processing the Pouncey retirement. And it's, it's really rough whenever you are playing every single snap with that guy and you and he are, are the ones that touch the ball the most. And you have to, you have to develop that chemistry. Otherwise you're going to flop. He and Pouncey had such a, a tight relationship. So for Ben having played with Marquise for the last 10, 11 seasons, for the most part, outside of all the injuries, it's gonna, it's gotta be weird for him to think about having somebody else snap him the ball every single play. I again, I really don't think that it's gonna affect whether or not he comes back. I'm fairly certain that he ha has made up his mind one way or the other already. It's just a matter of taking in this new information and figuring out how to go forward from here. And we, we just have no idea. It, it's really turned into this stressful thing because, of course, if you go on Twitter, you see the any time a quarterback enters the free agent market or is – talking about potentially being traded. Everybody's on it saying that they're coming to the Steelers. It will just be really nice to know for sure that that Ben is coming back or that he isn't because this in-between period is really tricky. And we've mentioned it before, but is his cap hit for this coming season is, is rough. And if he does come back, he's going to have to restructure his deal because it's a $41 million cap hit. Insane. With a $15 million bonus. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's tricky. And that's why they need to meet with him and figure out where to go. From here. However, there is news as of today that the, the NFL could potentially be looking at an increase to the salary cap because there's word that they are working on some monster deals with networks that could be finalized within a month and could exceed 
$100 billion in total value over the next 10 years, which would really, really boost the cap. And that would allow the Steelers a lot of room to work with that they just don't currently have at the moment. But what that looks like for the NFL, CBS, Fox, and NBC would all keep, it's expected that they would all keep their Sunday package. Thursday night football is the thing that's up in the air. As it stands right now, it's NFL Network. But could it's looking like Amazon could potentially get the Thursday night football slot. And Monday Night Football would stay on ESPN, which, to be fair, they did a much better job this past season. So I think they're just figuring out their kinks. But if the NFL can finalize this deal and increase the salary cap, then that will take a lot of pressure off of the Steelers and allow for them to have some room to work with to to re-sign some of the free agents that are set to leave, like Juju and maybe James Conner, who knows. But more more so on the defensive side, like uh, Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton, those are, in my opinion, even more important because the team itself started to really struggle and the defense kind of collapsed. But regardless... It's all hearsay at this point until the NFL comes out and says, we finalized this new deal, we're good to go, and the salary cap is increasing by X amount. It doesn't really mean much, but we can hold out hope that maybe, maybe the Steelers' situation is not as dire, as bleak as it seems like it could be, which is good because there was another pretty big name that hit free agency this past week. You may have heard of him. I think he's related to a couple guys on the Steelers right now. His name's JJ Watt and he requested to be released by the Texans last week so that he could become a free agent. And that's a big deal. A lot of teams could use not only his ability, but his leadership. And he's hungry to win a championship. He has been done dirty by the Texans for years and years since they drafted him. And all he wants is to play for a team that has a shot at winning the Super Bowl. And if we had had this conversation back in September or October, I would have said, yes, that's absolutely the Steelers. As it stands right now, not so sure. But another motivating factor could potentially be that his brothers, TJ and Derek, also play for the Steelers. And the opportunity for all three of them to play on the same team together in the NFL, it just seems like a very once-in-a-lifetime type chance. And I could see, a lot of people could see, actually, TJ and JJ agreeing 
take a bit of a pay cut so that they can play together. I'm not saying it's going to happen, and I don't know if it'll happen, but the Steelers right now are the betting favorites to land JJ. And he was supposed to start weighing his options today. Whatever that means, I'm not even sure. I think he he said he wanted to take the weekend to just kind of sit with it, think about it. And then on Monday, which is today, he would start to field offers, see what was out there. And I've been obsessively refreshing Twitter and my browser just to see, just to see if anything's going on, because I will probably have a heart attack if JJ signs with the Steelers. The likelihood just, it seems so, so small, but you just never know. And I'm, I'm willing to let myself get excited about that because the fact that the Steelers are in the conversation at all and the defense that they already have, it would, it would take some, it would take some creative footwork to, to piece all of the, the defensive players around that because Stefan Tuitt is currently playing in that role. And I'm not sure how that would look, but that's not my job to figure out. My job as a fan is to get excited about the potentials. And the potential right now is that J.J. Watt could be a stealer. Mm, that's amazing. That's amazing. We'll keep you posted on that, of course. If you're, if you're looking for news and updates, make sure that you're staying connected to the, the stealernation.com site because as soon as any type of news breaks about JJ, it will we'll have it covered and we'll make sure that we are are breaking that for you. And hopefully it's the news that we signed him. I, I personally want to sign him. I can't speak for everybody on the site, but it, it seems like it's just you, he's one of those players that it's just too too good to pass up. And playing with your brothers, that would be amazing. So that's it for news. I'm going to hit the SteelerNation.com forum for questions. We have one from Slash Steel who asked, what is your favorite recent Steelers coaching hire and why? It's really hard to say. Because I was so hopeful that they would go outside the organization to bring somebody in for offensive coordinator. And everything else is, I don't know, it just seems a little secondary. Um, I'm actually going to look up all the all of the different coaching hires because they've done, they've done a lot of movement um, over the last few weeks. So they, obviously the, the best thing for me is that Randy Finger is gone. That was a huge deal, but I, I guess Matt Canada kind of excites me. 
he hasn't really given me a reason to be excited, but at the same time, he hasn't given me a reason to not be excited. I think that he has, yeah, he has a lot of experience with Tomlin because his son goes to Maryland and Canada used to coach for Maryland and Anthony McFarland played for Maryland. So I think we'll see a lot more of Anthony McFarland, which was one of my biggest complaints in the season was that he was just underutilized. And whenever he was thrown into the game, it felt like Fickner had no idea what to do with him. So I, I don't know. Um, this up. I I don't know. I'm just I'm not that impressed with I'm not that impressed with the lineup. Um, I know that. Mike Sullivan as the quarterback's coach could be a solid hire because he's had so many years of experience coaching. And Alfredo Roberts, I guess, too, is, is exciting for me because the, the way that the Steelers have utilized tight ends in the past few years, well, maybe even since we lost Heath Miller, it's just been kind of lackluster for me. Heath could just do it all. He was really good as a threat down in the red zone, but an insane run blocker. And maybe it's just that I have too high of expectations for what the tight end position should be, but it felt like we either had one or the other. And Vance McDonald, who also retired, was really solid at blocking, but he didn't really care to be running routes. And Eric Ebron, who was better than expected in terms of catching, receiving, you know, that that side of the tight end position, he's not a blocker and he was not very gritty at all. So I'm hopeful that bringing in somebody new could potentially spark some life in that unit and bring about that change that we really need on, on the, the line with guys who can not only receive but block. I don't know. I, ever, ever since Bruce Arians left, it feels like our coordinators have just really struggled. And the hires haven't been great. And surprisingly enough, as much as I couldn't really stomach Todd Haley at the time, he was far better than Randy Finkner. So the, the Steelers' hiring ability has been suspect over the last little bit. So I, I can't really say I'm excited about any of them. That's a very strong word. Uh, I'm hesitantly optimistic to see how they can do. That's as diplomatic as I can say it. Another question from Slash Steel is how many of the Steelers' own free agents are they going to retain? 
the number is very high. And with the current cap situation, my guess would be not, not many. Uh, it, it's looking a little bleak. I know that there are guys that they really want to keep, but whether or not they can, that's, that's rough. Bud Dupree, he's, Ooh, he had such a good season and it was cut short by that ACL tear. I don't know if they can afford him based on how he was playing. I, I know for sure that I don't think they should bring back Alejandro Villanueva. I don't think they're going to bring back Avery Williamson with uh, all of the, the linebackers that they have right now. And guys who are returning from injury, it's going to be a deep position for them. So they probably won't, won't need him. And he might be a little bit too expensive. We'll see. I, I don't know. This list is just so, so freaking long. And so bringing in Dwayne Haskins, I could see them cutting Josh Dobbs. Um, I, if they can draft or sign uh, another center, a reliable center, I could, I would hope that they would cut half an hour. Jerron Jones probably gone. Um, Trey Edmonds maybe. I I don't know. I I think the guys that they definitely bring back are Mike Hilton. <sighs> Maybe Tyson Alualu, probably Zach Banner because he's going to be cheap. I could see them signing Jordan Berry because he's probably also going to be relatively inexpensive. I sure hope they sign Cam Sutton. I have a feeling James Conner is gone. Juju might be gone. I don't know. It all depends on his asking price and on how the Steelers feel about their current wide receiver room. It's really just so up in the air right now. But how many is this total? I've got to add it up. At 13? 20. 27. We have 27 players who are about to hit free agency. I, my guess, my, in my gut, I'm feeling they keep five or six, under 10, probably. If, if that even makes sense for the, for the roster, but I, I doubt they are going to bring back Ray Ray McLeod. They brought him in to, to do returns and he, Started out looking promising, but then he really flopped. Not good. And so there's really no point in bringing him back, especially with the loaded wide receiver room. I, I don't know. And again, it all kind of depends on the, the cap situation. like Because money's going to come off the books now that Pouncey's gone, now that McDonald's gone. If Ben leaves, more money's gonna you know that cap hit's gonna be gone it's it's a really bleak off season but that means that it's gonna be an an exciting one to keep an eye on 
And hopefully it starts with them signing J.J. Watt, as I'm saying that they're going to keep less than 10 of their free agents and go out and sign one of the star defensive ends in the, in the league. Is he an end attacker? I don't remember. Regardless, we'll see slash steal. We'll see. Ah, Vince Williams. Oh my gosh, I forgot about him. He he kind of fell off there a little bit. Um, as Scott asked on Facebook, do we cut Vince Williams to be cap compliant? Maybe. Uh, we're getting Devin Bush back. I guess it all depends on what happens with Bud Dupree as well, because uh, you don't want to you don't want to risk being too thin at that position, but they're, they're really going to have to get creative in terms of how they work around the cap, but yeah, there, yeah, there are just so many players and the, the crazy thing is, is that most of the talent and the, the question marks are on defense, which a couple years ago, yeah, even just a couple years ago, it was not the case. It was the other way around with our offense being so loaded. And now we're having to figure out how to navigate the defense and the cap and the whole thing. I don't know. I hope they don't cut Vince because he, he was a really reliable, really reliable linebacker. And we could use him for sure, especially if, if for no other reason than, than depth. But Scott also asked, what's your favorite Super Bowl moment of any Steelers game? So I, I've only been alive for two, and it's got to come from Super Bowl 40. I'm trying to decide if my favorite moment was the gadget play, the end around where Antoine Randall threw it to Heinz Ward for the touchdown, or it was Willie Parker setting the record for longest rushing touchdown, which I believe was like 75, 76 yards, something like that. I was wearing Willie Parker's jersey for the game, so I was just thrilled that he ran it. He took it to the house and for such a Oh my gosh, it was uh, such a long run. He was winded. But maybe that one, because I just, I adored Willie Parker. And watching him have that moment was super exciting. And I'm pretty sure that happened earlier in the game. I was in seventh grade, so my memory is a little bit fuzzy. But yeah, that, that's got to be it. But I remember just standing in the middle of my parents' living room and yelling, just screaming at the TV because I was so excited. And what a run it was. That guy, when he ran the ball, he was so fast. He, his feet, his heels hit his butt. He was so fast. That, that's got to be my favorite. It was so good. Uh, thank you all for your questions. Um, it's, it's always fun to interact with you and talk with you and, and talk about the Steelers and some exciting news for SteelerNation.com is that you're going to have more opportunities to listen and be enlightened and hear from the writers of SteelerNation.com because, because there's going to be a new podcast that is hosted by the three female writers of Steeler Nation, 
Morgan, Sam, and me, we are starting a podcast this Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern time called Yin's Her. Awesome. It's going to premiere this Wednesday again at 9 p.m. Eastern time, and it will feature Sammy Toa Schuster, who's Juju Smith-Schuster's mom. Get excited because it's going to be awesome. If you have any questions for Sammy, make sure that you tweet them at Yinzers. That's the Twitter handle. If you're not following us already, make sure that you are because you're not going to want to miss out. You can also send any questions over to our Facebook page, Yins Her Podcast. I'll spell it for you just so you have it. It's Yins, Y-I-N-Z-H-E-R, Yins Her. You can also follow us on Instagram as well at Yinsers. Let me double check that tag because I want to make sure I get it right. It is at Yins Her Official. Make sure you're following us everywhere because that's where we're going to post about all the stuff, including our exciting guests, which we have another lined up already. It's going to be really awesome. And there isn't a huge market right now of of all female-led podcasts. So this is exciting for us to be one of the one of the first to be doing this kind of format of podcast. And I know that Morgan and Sam and I are so pumped. So make sure that you tune in live if you can, 9 p.m. on Wednesday, Eastern time, or you can always listen the next day, wherever it is you listen to podcasts, because it is definitely something that you are going to want to check out. Another thing that you're probably going to want to check out, just Another friendly reminder is Total Sport Total Sports Enterprises on Twitter. They have signed merch giveaways all the time, every single week. They are at Total Sports ENT, and then their website is www.tseshop.com. If you want to give your black and gold wardrobe a major update, make sure you step you check out our website, stealernation.com, and go to the gear page. You can get geared up for any type of virtual tailgate when the time is right. Or if you just want awesome clothes to wear out, lounge around in, uses pajamas, we have every single size and so many different style choices to choose from to satisfy everybody in Steeler Nation. SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steelers content on the internet. Click the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews or click the forum button for the best football discussion on the web. Make sure you subscribe to the Steeler Nation YouTube channel as well to be the first to know about our vidcasts and video uploads. That's www.youtube.com slash SteelerNation. You can tweet us at Steeler Nation. We're on Instagram at SteelerNationCom, C-O-M. You can follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter at underscore S-N podcast and Instagram at Steeler Nation podcast. And you can follow me, your host, at Fidge Newton. That's at F-I-D-G-E-N-E-W-T-O-N on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to hear even more from me outside of this and Yinzer, 
I host my own podcast called Helmet Air, where I drink local craft beer and talk about all of the Pittsburgh sports from the Steelers to the Penguins. And unfortunately for all of us, the Pirates. And I do it while I feature a local craft brewery. You can find that wherever it is you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Helmet Hair Pod, P-O-D. Thanks for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host, Jordan DeFigio, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!